Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Garment Decorators podcast. Andy and I are super excited this week to be joined by Ben from Velflex all the way on the other side of the world in Australia. Thank you very much for taking time out of your, well, evening, I suppose, for you. It is a little bit late here, but no, thank you very much. I'm, I'm excited to be on it. So the last time that we, well, the first time that we actually met in person, Ben, was at the Printing United show in Atlanta about yeah. a month or two ago. Um, and it's been a bit of a busy month ever since we've come back. But how, how's life been for you since Printing United? I know you've been um, darting here, there and everywhere for different <laughs> related projects, but how, how's life been in Australia? Um, like when you, whenever you go to a trade show, you always come back with more ideas and your suppliers and relationships are stronger. And, um, so all of those things you sort of just want to throw into the business all at once. Um, and you just, yeah, so it's been busy, hectic, busy. It's been good. Um, we're zigging and zagging, I suppose, business, you know, it's an exciting space, the garment decoration space at the moment. There's a lot of new tech and there's a lot of new, uh, opportunities for businesses to enter into the market space with DTF and and other sort of things evolving and, and whatnot. So we're you know we've come back and we're at the back end of 2023. You know we've got six weeks till Christmas type sort of thing, and so we're prepping for 2024. Um, yeah, it's been busy. It's been good. And you recently went to it was the Pro Print Awards, right? I saw on we your did. YouTube channel a very nicely curated video. Um, tell us about that. What were you nominated for? So the Proprint Awards is an industry award, obviously put on by one of the magazines, one of the publication, and it celebrates uh, three groups. So it celebrates suppliers in our industry, the top 50 sort of nominated suppliers, uh, top 50 printers, and also the top 50 emerging. And, and suppliers are obviously suppliers of the print film and consumables all works and printers are the decorators and that sort of thing, as well as printers of paper and, and other merch, that sort of thing. But the emerging is a really exciting one for us because it gives an opportunity for us to nominate and celebrate young and up and coming. So less than five years in the industry, and they, they need to be new to the industry and, and coming through and really demonstrating um, their love and passion for the space. So like apprentices and, and people even in customer service and front of house, which don't often get the accolades. Like it's it's the, you know, the printers or the, the people that are heading up the business or the face of a business who usually get these awards and things like that. And so um, for us, we love to be a part of it because it's acknowledging staff and team within our business so we we sort of took a whole team of 10 of us we flew in from the different states and we all landed in sydney and we had a big table and and we just got to celebrate the you know the year but most importantly our team and i think we had four nominations in the emerging 50 as well which was huge that's great four so how, who got nominated from your team for an award ah uh, so who gee, we had amy we had uh, Taya, we had Felicia, we had Chris. So they were the four emerging. Um, I was nominated for in the print of 50 with Mandy as well. Um, and hopefully I haven't forgotten anyone. But yeah, that <laughs> was... not now, haven't I? <laughs> um, yeah, there, there was another nomination for Harry, who was a, an apprentice of ours. Um, unfortunately, he, he passed away earlier in the year, but there was a real celebration because he loved our industry and he was only young and he was just coming through and so passionate about the space. Um, and that's a mental health sort of story there sort of thing. But um, he was he was 
acknowledged for the love of the industry that he had for the time he was with us. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's such an important thing, isn't it, to celebrate everybody that's young in the industry as well as, and like you say, coming into it rather than just things that have been established for a certain amount of time or things that people already know and are getting better and better because they are the future of what is the industry we're in at the moment. That's, that's exactly right. There's always a danger of just yeah celebrating the existing people and there to just slap each other on the back by actually doing something for emerging people. It's much more productive, isn't it? Yeah. They're the, they're the leaders of tomorrow, right? So, And they're the ones that we need to be talking about because they're the ones that are going to be coming through leadership you know, roles and management roles and they're shaping the business tomorrow. So it's about keeping people in, in traditionally like decoration, I think, printing in particular, like it's a traditional, it's an older space and um, it is about keeping young people within that space and acknowledging them and bringing them through to show them that there's room to grow in it. I don't know about the Australia, but I think for in the UK that reflects the actual our end customer and our end users and the people are actually really who've really progressed over the last couple of years have actually tended to be skewing a bit younger with um, less um, baggage in terms of bad technique or yep. you know not having the kind of foresight of what's next to actually. There's a lot more younger decorators out there and a lot more younger brands that are owned by younger people as well. Absolutely. Well, technology is accessible from a printing point of view. To You can buy, you know, for a few thousand dollars, you can get in and, and become a, a decorator of, of apparel, right, And in our particular space. Um, so it's not just the big boys, the big printers that, that are doing mass sort of production anymore. No, 100%. This is... This is a space that an entrepreneur or somebody who's creative can can create a business out of and get involved in, and, and that's exciting, right? So, yeah. So you two have just led me perfectly into what we're talking about in today's podcast episode, which is starting a print or an apparel business in 2024. So, like Ben said, we're heading towards the end of 2023. There's going to be a lot of people that, whether it be a New Year's resolution or whether it be New Year, new start, new plans, new ideas, the New Year's always brings new things into the world and I think it's a perfect time to address how we would recommend starting a business or just some tips and tricks right the sort of between the three of us we've learned over the years um so Ben I'm going to put you on the spot again what piece of advice would you give to somebody or where would you recommend somebody start so say someone's sitting there thinking I really want to do like a print or an apparel business next year but I have no idea where to start what would your like first step be for them what would you recommend so, like, and obviously we're in the heat transfer space, right? And, and I believe heat, heat printing is, is that industry space where it allows people to enter into the market. It's not overly expensive to get into, but you can become a commercial grade, like a quality grade printer, right, pretty quickly. And, and for us, we've been advocating that for years, you know. So, you know, a heat press is always where we start. Um, it's funny, I, in getting ready for this, I've spoken to a number of my customers and things like that. How did you guys start out, you know? And um, really similar stories, you know, in terms of how they both started out. But in the end, it was, it was starting with a heat press, you know, and, and then evolved from there. So for me, it's, it's the heat press. That is the key to becoming a garment decorator right and with being a garment decorator it's about selling apparel it's about selling apparel that has your mark on it whether that be your brand or a design or 
a label or it's somebody else's logo to create a uniform, right? Like, like there's such a wide spectrum of, of what being a garment decorator is. And for me, it is about being and working in a space that you're excited about. So, you know, people often go, I, I love garment decoration or I want to get into that space, but pick a space that you love. So if it's gym wear and you're into fitness and things like that, then then you find a space and an area that you love doing there. Um, if you're, you know, right into rock band sort of stuff and music and and that sort of thing you know tailor it that way like don't try to be all things to all people um it's very easy to to say yes to everything when you first start out and and i was certainly challenged by that i used to love to say (laughs) yes and, and work out how to do it later um wasn't always successful you know um but you learn along the way um yeah that's the side of the heat press like if that's that's where you want to start that's that's such a good way to get into garment and apparel decoration like starting a t-shirt printing business or any of the sort heat press absolutely and it's such a versatile piece of equipment isn't it that like you said regardless of which market you want to get into and what markets you might end up evolving into over time because you know sometimes opportunities present themselves along the way and you go oh i didn't even consider that as an opportunity but it's there and i'm going to take it but a heat press is such a versatile piece of equipment that regardless of what you're printing on there's always a way around mm-hmm. printing on whatever you want to in a way to put it broadly yeah so one of the things i certainly thought we should probably mention for context as well is that um, for anyone who's not familiar with Bellflex and Ben, is that Bellflex and Ben are the leading educators in Australia and New Zealand for garment decorating as a whole. So when Ben, what the Ben, the advice Ben's going to give here is very good uh, because he there is a reason they get invited to these award shows. It's because of the influence they have on the industry and the work they do to make it bigger and better um, in his area. So this is all going to be very good advice. Yeah. And I think that. There's a good parallels between the UK and Australian markets is because that's kind of the same thing we've been telling people here is that it's about the balance when you're first starting out. You have to stick to stuff you're passionate about because everyone has being authentic is a massive part of your business these days. If you, yeah, you can't absolutely. kind of make it, you have to be true to what you're doing. So if you are printing uh, gym wear or rock band stuff. If, you, if you're not really into it, people will see it a mile off and they'll be turned off by buying your stuff. Um, and likewise, you know, it's good to have a balance of stuff to say yes to a few bits to kind of supplement the the passion project. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if you say yes to everything, which you, the danger of transfers is you can do that, is you kind of lose sight of what your original goal was. So it's always good to come back to that and start remembering um why am I doing this? Always come back to the why whenever it comes to any decision, especially when you're first starting out, um, I think is really important as well. Yeah, what and why when you first start, definitely. Now, you... Oh, sorry, go on, Ben. No, you you go, you go. I've I've got plenty to say. I thought Andy was going to say, there's a reason that Ben got invited onto the podcast. Um, yeah, no, so basically I wanted to mention, obviously we talk a lot about heat presses in general and the quality of the heat presses. Mm-hmm. And to add on to what Andy said, Ben and Bellflex are also the master distrib- distributor, say that word right, for Australia, for Hotronics. And New Zealand. And New Zealand, yeah. sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. 
Australia and New Zealand. Um, so when we talk about, you know, heat presses and the quality of heat press, that's something that when you're starting out, we always say that you really need to think about, right? Because if mm -hmm. you buy cheap, you tend to buy twice. And Hotronics presses aren't unaffordable, um, but they are maybe a little bit more than what you would think of if you're going, oh, I'm going to start a business and you look on, I don't know, Amazon or something like that. Um, but there's a reason that we recommend the presses that we sell and everything that you can do and that they allow you to do. So I just wanted to talk a bit about that really, about the importance of choosing a decent quality heat press from the off rather than wasting four, five hundred pounds or dollars before for six months and then going, oh, now I need to get a better one when you could have just done that initially. Yeah. Yeah. So this, like for me, is a really important one. And, and I had some really good advice when I started out for my uncle, which was, buy good equipment and the reason for that is you want to buy something that removes stresses from your life not adds to it so a lot of people when they buy something if they buy a heat press okay we might be let's buy a heat press i don't want to spend too much on it um and i i buy something on ebay because it's going to allow me to print t-shirt but what they've done is yes it sells them the idea of printing T-shirts, but it also comes with a lot of stress and anxiety as to whether it's consistent, whether it's reliable, whether it's going to decorate a garment that's not going to come back because of faulty application and, and things like that. And what they've done is they've saved money on the initial purchase, but they've added so much stress and anxiety to the actual process you know nothing worse than getting a job or getting an order and running down to press it going just please work this time you know like it's like the the car that's going to drive you to work every day and if you just can't trust that when you turn the key it's going to start or get you there um the, the stress also often isn't worth it business if you really are starting out in business and you are going to build something that you're passionate about, you, you want to be putting your energies and efforts and the stresses should be around, okay, how am I going to get more orders? How am I going to print more? How am I going to market? How am I going to build a community around it? Not how am I going to make sure that this works, this machine that I've bought will work, right? So my advice from my uncle when I first started out was, was always buy the right piece of equipment first time. And and that advice I truly probably didn't fully understand or, or appreciate at the time. Um, and he was a mentor for me. And, and when I needed to buy equipment, we'd sort of go talking about what equipment and he'd just say, this one, you know, or, or this one or this one, you know, sort of thing. And my, my very first heat press that I ever bought was $10,500. And that was 18 years ago. Wow. And that press I still have today. <laughs> yeah. um, and I had I had four others after it, and I've now still got two of them. And I'll admit I don't use them at the moment. They're they're still they're sitting on a shelf, and I, I don't want to sell them. But if I needed to plug them in and use them, they would work today, probably as they well as well as they did seventeen years ago. Um, and those presses have done not tens of thousands hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of applications um, and we had all the accessories and we had all of the bits and pieces and um, that was partially probably the success of our business when it started out because that's what we were we were a garment decorator very early on and that was some brilliant advice that I received and 
and you could never you never had the stress of we we never thought about transfers not sticking we never thought about things not washing properly like those stresses weren't anything we had in our business we just looked to grow and we just looked to do more work we just thought things always worked you know but it was because we had good equipment and and what we bought although very heavily like a high price for the time probably the best heat press i could possibly buy at the time um it never let us down not in all of those i think with a business as well there's so many other things that you have to worry about day to day that something as simple as making your product and having your product work shouldn't even be a question yeah absolutely i think that's this the same advice we give everyone here is one of the things that always surprise people when they come in for a demo or we meet them at a show and be like, yeah, you, you fuse it. I'm going to step aside, let you do it, put the t-shirt on, put the transfer on, repress, etc." And they're like, oh, that was easy. And mm. my follow-up and the honest advice is, well, shouldn't it, shouldn't it be? You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to spend five minutes decorating a t-shirt because, you know, you don't add value to your business. You add value to your business by applying, but you don't add value to your business by finding workarounds for something that, where there's already a solution. You should be, if you're a business owner particularly, you, know, you should be thinking about, okay, how can I bring more business in? It's the most Absolutely. important thing you can do. So if you're distracted by, is this machine gonna work today? Whose turn is it to kick it to make sure it heats up properly? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, have we got enough? Like I've seen some horror stories of people like trying to make their own bottom platens and putting uh, one platen like, with metal, then a pillow, then a grip flex, and then you try to put a quick slip over the top of it to make it work. And thinking, how long did you, you probably spent like two days trying to figure that one out. So it's two days you've lost of your business already. That could be a thousand shirts yeah. right there, just no, nowhere. Um, just by trying to find a weapon. That Those shirts would have probably paid for that heat press that you spent two days trying to figure it out and trying to find some strange workaround that doesn't even exist anyway. And when we start out, it, it's us on the press, right? Like I was, I was doing the heat applications. I was doing the, the garment decoration. Um, when I hired staff, I didn't hire staff who were doing the pressing. I hired my first employee was a graphic artist to be able to take the orders and process them and, and, and get them down to the printer and the cutter and, and things like that. And I was down producing the transfers and pressing out the, the garments. And the next person I hired was like a, an accounts person to be able to do the invoicing and process payments and, and all of that sort of stuff. And again, I was still the one doing the pressing. Um, but I also probably found myself not pressing through the day. It was like a select couple of hours where I just I had to just know that between three o'clock and six o'clock every night or seven o'clock every night, I was doing the application. So it needed to be efficient, it needed to be effective work. I, I, I needed to be doing 100 applications an hour. That's what I allowed myself. And because you have equipment you can rely on, that I was able to do it literally from day one of really starting the business out. And that, that was really important. Yeah, I'm going to have to shoot off and leave you two to at this point. But you go for it. I'm excited for everyone that's listening to enjoy the rest of this conversation because Ben has got some fantastic advice. And I know that he's helped many, many businesses over the last 17 years in Australia really thrive and grow and be successful in their own right. So thanks, Ben. And thanks it's been a pleasure. See you on the next episode.
Okay, so moving on then, you've kind of led me into the next part that I wanted to talk to you about. So the <laughs> marketing branding side of a business, that's about to fall over. <laughs> <Just a joke. laughs> um, yeah, marketing and branding when you start out as a business. So you were talking about who you hire and what your sort of next steps are. But how important would you say spending time on marketing? Because like Andy said, it's all very well producing the products, but you need to spend time getting orders in the door. Now, a lot of the time we always tell people to look on their doorstep, right? So there's a lot of jobs in businesses and people that are just within a few miles of where either your home is or where your business is based. And if you're starting out, it's probably in your house. Um, But in terms of spending time marketing your business, what would you recommend people do for that? How much time now, like there, there's lots of people that say it should be 10%, 20% of your day, that sort of thing. Um, I, like you, you need to be constantly trying to build brand and, and make, your, make people around you aware of what you're doing, right? Now, if you're passionate in a decoration business, that sort of thing, you pick the industry and don't be afraid of then trying to scream from the top of the mountain as much as you can what you do. Don't yeah. be afraid to tell people. Like that's a lot of people get caught up in in the product and wanting to create a great product or create a great garment and, and do everything like do the printing lots of stuff, but they they feel if we just do it, they they sort of will come. And that's you know, you've got to get out there. Um like you said, local area. I know myself when I first started out, there's photos of me sitting at against a wall with a phone book and it was it was literally the hardcover phone book back in those days right uh, the phone book open and i had a telephone and i was literally calling just calling printers to see who screen printers and embroidery businesses to see who yeah. wanted what could i come around and show them digital transfers like full color transfers and and these were pvc quite thick you know if you washed it through the washing machine the wrong way the color would wash off um <laughs> the good old fashioned transfers that we're glad we don't make anymore. Absolutely, the best of the kind of the day. Um and that's what you had to do. You 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 did, you got out there. Now, from a marketing point of view, we've got so much opportunity with social media and online marketing, that's something to to do that now. Um, like from a marketing point of view, you you've got to have some collateral, like you've got to have a price offer. I know a lot of people sort of go, well, I'll, I'll just price everything up when the, the jobs come in or when I meet people. But I truly believe what you need to start with is something that is easy to sell, but sorry, easy to buy, you know. So if it's as simple as a set price, it's $20 per T-shirt with your uniform logo on it, whether it be small, middle, back, front one print two prints whatever it is it's just it's $20 each or it's $16.50 each you know and it's a simple price you know you don't over complicate it and then you start just talking about it right and and that can evolve as you get more orders and you realize oh my margin's not quite there let's just increase it a little bit or you you might evolve where you've got to have two or three different options or four different options. But my advice in starting out and in getting into marketing is have a really simple offer um, and start talking as soon as you possibly can to the people around you who would be likely to buy that, right? Who's the target audience? And then just talk to as many people as possible. Don't ever be ashamed or embarrassed about talking about something you offer and just get out there. 
and it'll keep evolving. And it's funny, as I, I've talked to a couple of our customers and around them starting up that sort of thing, and one of their bits of advice that they would have given themselves if they were starting out was, was do, don't tell, right? Just get out there and show people what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught telling people what you're going to do. Just start doing it. Yeah, you, you never want to be the person that's known for, I'll do this, I'll do that. You want to physically show someone the product and go, I've done this and I can do this for you if you want me to, rather than... Absolutely. It's almost like yep. a false promise, isn't it? Because you can say, I'll do this, I'll do that all day long, but there's only so many hours in a day and there's only so much you can do. So, yeah, I think you're totally right. And you touched on the simplicity side of things for getting started, and I think that's the biggest part because... You know, I, I see quite a lot of things on, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, you know, the social channels that tend to be the most popular and they're content creators telling people how they create their content or how they're the most efficient. And it's, oh, I make this many reels in a day. I batch create this. I do this. I do this. And I think, well, that's all very well if you've been doing it for a while. But when you're starting out, I wouldn't get too caught up in you know, how much content you're outputting. I mean, you want to have a visible presence, yes, and you want to be talking to people, but physically getting on the phone or knocking on doors to your people within your area is probably more important than having that social media presence to begin with. Not saying it's not important at all, but don't get too hung up on, I should be doing all of this for socials when you don't actually have any orders yet. Like if you get an order and you want to film it and post it, great, but... I think it's such a a thing for, especially like this generation now, everything is online, social media marketing. Um, So yeah, just making sure that you get your priorities straight in terms of what you're spending the most time doing and where your value comes from, because you need to start making money before you can do anything else. That's exactly right. Like in the first orders, the first orders are always the hardest ones, right? You you want to get runs on the board. And so just get out there and do the, the first product you sell, the first offer that you have, um, the first sales pitch in terms of what you love doing and what you want to sell will never be the best, right? But it has to start never. somewhere. Literally It'll never anything be the best, that's the right? first is always going to be terrible. Just deal yeah, with yeah, it and so move on. Don't wait for perfect, right? Don't overanalyze. Don't wait for perfect. Just just do, right? And and that's, mm-hmm. that's something you need to – that's where people often when they start businesses, they do get caught up in it, right? Yeah. Um, and if they spend too long trying to think about it, they miss the moment, they miss the chance and it doesn't take off and um, it doesn't get anywhere. And those that just do realise very quickly that it's forever evolving and even if they come up with what they thought was the perfect price or perfect offer or perfect package, yeah, wouldn't have been very perfect for very long and it would have changed anyway. So nothing will ever be perfect. Just pick, do run and then keep going yeah that's something that andy and i always say like if anybody watching goes back and watches i mean i wouldn't i do and i don't recommend it for context you probably should but i wouldn't advise going back and watching this episode (laughs) but the very first podcast episode that we did was i mean it wasn't terrible The, the, the episode itself was all right but everything else around it like we were filming it in our conference room we had one of these mics between two of us in the middle of this huge table. The lighting was off. We were sat like 50,000 metres apart. It, it, the cold context of it just wasn't great. But that goes for anything, right? We just sat down and went, let's just film an episode and go from there. And we had a, a phone call this week with um, someone who we are 
kind of helping out start a podcast, um, which I can't tell you who yet, but it's very exciting when it does come mm-hmm. out. Um, and that our piece of advice to them was you're, fir- you're not going to like your first one in a few months time. Just do it and move on because it's the same with anything, isn't it? You know, the first T-shirt you print probably isn't going to be perfect, whether your placement's a bit off or, you know, but the more Absolutely. you do over time, the better you get with it. Yep. Absolutely. And you just got to get those runs on the board. Yeah, 100%. So anyone that is watching, listening to this, thinking of starting a business in 2024, reach out and regardless of where you are in the world, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in Australia or New Zealand, you're in America, we've got people on every single part of the world. um, Just reach out, get in touch and we can help you out because it's really not as I think daunting as it seems, you know, like starting a printing business, it seems like there's going to be a lot of equipment involved. And like we've said, it's just a heat press and just some transfers, figuring out who you're selling to and get started. So it's a lot simpler than it can seem. Um, Do you said that you spoke to some of your customers in preparation for this episode? Have you got any stories you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I... Uh, Jake from Black Ink, and and he he's active on socials and things like that. But you know, he, I spoke to him earlier today, and he told me how he started out, and it was just it was such an awesome story. And I, I'll share it real quick. But he started out as a coffee sh- a coffee van, right? Yeah. So, and this is how business can evolve, and this is how you mentioned earlier following following where the business takes you, following the opportunities, like they just present themselves and then you go down that road. And, and this story is, is one of those, right? He never set out with the end in mind. He just started doing and followed where the opportunity presented itself. And so he was a coffee van and he had to make, he wanted to make some uniforms. So he printed up and worked out how to make his own uniforms, right? And he probably outsourced it. And his T-shirts that he was wearing, people were like, they're really cool. We want to buy them as well. Like, we can we get them? So he was like, oh, yeah, I can make some more. So we made some more uniforms and then started selling them through his coffee van and people started buying them. It became a bit of a cult sort of hit. So all of a sudden he was starting to build this brand of coffee van where people were selling, buying these T-shirts because he had a bit of an eye for design and it was really quite trendy and cool. And then he was like, hang on. I can build a brand of clothing, maybe. So then he expanded and did a second design, a third design, a fourth design. He got them printed up and he was selling those. And then he realized this is exciting. I'm going to sell the coffee van, but keep the label and the brand because I'm starting to build a bit of a hit following, which he did. And then from there, it got bigger. And then all of a sudden he had people going, coming to him going, mate, I love your uniform can you do my uniform for me? And so all of a sudden he started doing other people's uniforms. And from that, he realized, hang on, I can actually move more units and I'm doing more printing in higher volumes, that sort of thing, doing other people's uniforms, you know, so not just my own brand of fashion wear types of thing, but others, other uniforms. All right. So, and then they wanted a mix of different garments and things like that. And so all of a sudden he was printing people's uniforms and then he realized he's just the middle guy. He's, he's not the printer of the garments because he was outsourcing. Like this is how this started, right? So he goes, I've got to get into garment decoration myself. I've got to bring it in. And that's where he bought himself a heat press. He bought an SDX 16, the 40 centimeter by 40 centimeter SDX, the auto clamp. So he reached out to us and he'd been following us on socials and things like that. 
And so he bought that. And all of a sudden he was now, hang on, I can actually buy the transfers and get into it. Um, I think he borrowed a mate's heat press first, a trial doing it himself. Sure, easy to get into, bought the heat press, and then he was away, right? So his business then grew not only with his own brand, but doing everyone's uniforms and the type of garments were growing. He then bought a cat press. And I'll be honest, he, he talking today, he goes, I bought a cheap heat press, a cat press, because I wanted to try doing caps, right? He spent the money, he was able to test concept, but he realised it was nowhere near as easy or efficient doing the caps as it was to do T-shirts and everything because he bought the Hotronics to start with. Yeah. So he then he went, went backwards. Uh, Not many people yeah. do that. I know. He, he added it on, but he, he bought something cheap, but he realised, nah, I've gone the wrong way sort of thing. And, and in the end he did. He, he then upgraded to the 360, right? Yeah. Um, and his business... He, he was about being online and, and, and also showing people the journey of him as he evolved. So he's built a bit of a community around um, online, around his branding and stuff like that. And there's people love his brand. They remember him from the coffee shop day or the coffee van days. Now he can get uniforms and, and it's all growing. And he was actually telling me something that was uh, really resonated with him was when we were doing the global masterclass and he was watching that. And he, he re- repeated it to me today and I was like, oh, yeah, someone's taken it right in. It did land with somebody. But I said it's, uh, it's important for businesses to understand are they a printing business? Is that Are they making their money out of printing, right? Or do they want to make their money out of being a garment decorator? So selling decorated apparel, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to sell decorated apparel, you don't have to be the printer, you know? Or you can choose to set yourself up with all the machinery and make your money out of how many printed units am I doing and try to outsource it, that sort of thing, right? And maybe you want to be a business person. For him, he realised, you know what, I've been trying to do a lot of the printing myself and the whole works, that's something, but I actually want to be a decorated apparel supplier. That's what I want to do. And I want to do caps and hoodies and T-shirts and grow this sort of range of products that he can offer. And um, and so he's doing that and looking at all the what different ways that he can decorate all the apparel. And it doesn't matter what type, like different transfers, whether it be puff, whether it be different um, effects and all that sort of stuff. Um, he's just he he just wants to focus on decorating apparel and not as so stressed on okay. It's, I'm just using one type of transfer. That's I'm printing that type of transfer sort of thing. It's more about decorated space. And so you can see how his business has evolved. He never set out to be a uniform business, right? They, he, he set out to be a coffee van, but he just followed where the opportunities and and what he was good at. And, and there's a couple of things that he told me um, today, you know, advice he would give. So this okay, is I'm this intrigued is, to hear this. Yeah, right. So if he was starting out and doing a printing business again or an apparel business again, these are the three things that he would say. One is very in line with what we've already said. Just do. Stop talking, just do, right? Mm-hmm. Show people. Don't say I'm I've started a business that is going to print uniforms. Print uniforms and show people in a week's time or two weeks' time the uniforms that you've decorated, right? 
get some samples, print them up, and show people what you're actually doing. Take footage, post it online of you doing it, not telling. Right? That is so important, right? So if you want to use social media to build a community or something like that, show them you printing uniforms, show them you decorating garments, right? Um, another one was systemize your business. So start early with systems, which was really interesting because a lot of businesses were all passionate about what we do, but he said one thing that he didn't do early on was to systemize the processes. And as a small business wanting to grow, wanting to do not just a hundred thousand dollar revenue but push past that and get into the hundreds of thousands as a business and grow he said you, you hit a ceiling as a sole operator you you hit this ceiling of trying to generate more than a hundred thousand dollars of, of product and sales and works when you're working yourself doing a lot of the work yourself and you don't have the system if you don't have the systems you can't bring other people into the business to help you so he said that would be one of the things early on implement systems that allows other people to then grow with you so that you can break past that ceiling of being that sole owner operator um and if i can think of the other one while we're chatting i'll tell you but anyway they were the two that they're the two think, that i remember right now i think that the systems one is good and, and regardless of like you said whether it's just you or whether you're hoping to hire other people even if it's just you as a one-man band doing everything you're doing for your business tracking everything and knowing that there's systems in place for everything you do is so important because even if it's a case of this takes three hours and it should take one why is it taking me three hours you know whether or not it's to improve efficiency of your business you know it's like like time management day to day right so i'm sure we both have things that we're like okay this needs to take an hour that needs to take two or three i shouldn't really spend any longer on that there aren't you know unlimited hours in a day and if you want to run a successful business you need to get everything done to a high quality but also everything else that your business needs as well so by mm. having you know structure in place and like you said standardizing everything you can not only make it easier to grow but make it easier to sort of manage yourself because when you're physically printing or you know you're on the phone talking to customers or you're putting out a social post or you're doing an order there's a million things going on in your head having something a bit more structured will only help you absolutely and um and that was something that really resonated with me i our business and like very early on i put had i put systems in place and things like that because i hired people in to take on the orders and be growing the business and, and process that sort of thing. And, and I wouldn't have done that without sort of putting systems in place. And so um, that was something I focused on really early on as well. And we've been able to really grow with that. Like systems have been absolutely paramount as well. So Yeah, it helps you see where the gaps are and where you need people first. Like you said, you were doing the printing and you hired somebody to do the designing and somebody to do the accounting first. Well, they're probably areas that you probably didn't really want to do. They needed you to do the printing and someone might think, oh, you know, printing business, hire a printer. But no, there's other areas that need help before you get to that stage. So, and you wouldn't know that without yeah. having those systems in place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And look, our systems might've been pretty simple in the early days. I know we were ruthless on whiteboards and job tickets and having every job up on a board so you could physically see it with due dates and the amount of um, when it came in customer what it was due dates like it was like a big job board and it was very visual and 
rubbing them off and moving them down that sort of thing. Um, Excel evolved into that when it got too big for just the whiteboards. We were using Excel and, and writing those things out. And a lot of people forget putting energy into those things. It feels like oh, wasting my time filling out an Excel. I should be just doing the job. But it's when things get busy and things get hectic that those systems actually underpin and hold hold it all together, right? If you don't have systems, it's you can only hold on to so much craziness. And if it gets to a point where it gets a little bit too crazy, it all just starts falling over and, and the stress isn't worth it. So systems make sure that things don't get too stressful and allows you to, to grow. That's, that's what systems do. Yeah, and you start to drop balls as well, don't you? Like you'll do something and you go, Absolutely. oh, I forgot to do this or I forgot to do that. And then that's not how you want a successful business to function. So no, I think that's a really great tip. And like you said, whether somebody's literally printing their first T-shirt or whether it's their 100th or 1,000th or 10,000th, having those systems in place will help you regardless. So it might not be something that all of you listening or watching, thinking of starting a business would have considered, but you definitely should after listening to this podcast episode. Is there anything else regarding starting a business that you want to talk about? Because I've kind of ticked everything off my list for mm. the advice that I wanted to give everyone listening and watching. My advice um, early on when I started out, and it was it was pre-GFC actually, like 2008. So 2006 we started in, um, yeah, 2006 is when I started. And cash was... You know, 2008 and the economy sort of slowed right down and, and cash was king up those. My advice when I used to get asked this, and, and I still believe this is to the day, cash is, is what keeps a business ticking over. In my early days, though, saying yes to every job, you also focused on taking jobs on, doing jobs, and getting paid was kind of the last thing you thought about. And sometimes you didn't get Right. Sometimes you would spend more time chasing the money to get paid than what it was probably worth doing the job in the first place. Because I was so passionate about selling decorated apparel in the whole works, I was like, yeah, we can just do it. And you, you say yes and you order in the stock and you decorate it up and then you dispatch it around to them. This is, looks amazing. I've done such a great job. I'll send you the invoice. You'll, you'll get in the mail, you know, type sort of arrangement, right? Um, my advice when starting out is to make sure you know your worth and make sure that you get paid for, for the jobs that you're doing, right? There's, there's only one thing worse in business than not winning a sale, and that's winning a sale or winning an order and not getting paid for it, right? Mm -hmm. So I know it's a bland topic. I know it's, oh, we don't like talking about money, but... Um, Money is what makes business go around, right? It's, it's, it's what allows your business to be successful for the future. It's what allows it to grow. It allows you to do more of what you want to do. So understand that if you, you're passionate about decoration, if you're passionate about your business, don't ever be ashamed or feel um, awkward around the money side of things. Money... Ask for it up front, get 50% prepaid, 100% on delivery, get 100% before you start the job. Like, don't be afraid of doing that. And don't be afraid of losing a sale or losing a job if the risk is that you may not get paid or the money side of things is, is not forthcoming with somebody. Because a lot of people 
um, aren't as, as, as easy to, to deal with on that side of things. So don't ever be afraid to back yourself. That's, that's one of the most important things that I had to learn probably after a couple of years was that it was really important to back and value what we were doing and that we needed to stand up and make sure that we were, we were paid for jobs and that was equally as important as actually delivering a great printed, decorated product. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, if you want to run a business, you need to be comfortable having those conversations. And, you know, if somebody's being, if somebody's asked you to print something or agreed to an order and you've said, yeah, it's going to cost this much, whether or not you've said when or when when you need it or not, they're going to have to, in their head, they have to pay it eventually. So why not ask mm. for, like you said, 50%, 100% up front? They're going to, yep. they've agreed to pay for it. So asking for it is just, you know, your their end of the deal, isn't it? You've done your side of it. You should get paid for it. If you keep doing jobs as favors or i'll follow up on that later or that was only this much that doesn't matter you know your, your business will fold eventually yeah absolutely and i've seen it as well i've had customers of ours who they've started out and and they might have bought sample orders off us sample transfers because they've got oh they've got a an opportunity to win some work in a space and so they come to us and they get, get some sampling done and make up sample garments and that sort of thing. And, and they're super excited. Like they're, they're so excited for this and you do the sampling, they pay us for the sampling, the whole works. And and then you see them and go, oh, how did it all go? Did you win? They're like, oh, like I showed them that they just weren't as committed to it as what I thought sort of thing, you know, and it's a case of they were just starting out. It might have been their first or in their second order, you know, and they were super excited about delivering the product, super excited about winning the business, presenting with the opportunity, showing them what they could do and actually getting paid for it was as far away from that thought process or that it was the last thing. It was absolutely the last consideration for them. And, and unfortunately, like they... They invested in this sampling the whole works and it never ever went anywhere and, and they lost the money on the sampling the whole works and they couldn't use any of the product that they printed up because it was a brand or someone that they wanted to present to, you know. And I know sampling is one of those things. A lot of businesses will do sampling for customers to show them the order and to win the sale, that sort of thing. But um, it's about being upfront as well, going, well, I, I can definitely get the sampling done for you, but you need to pay for this. And, and that might be... If the order goes ahead, we'll then we'll put a credit of the sampling towards the final order, or it might be a percentage of the credit of the sampling goes to the final order, or something like that. Again, yeah. just emphasizes, you know, know your worth and value, and and you know, don't be afraid of asking for the payment. Yeah, I think people take you more seriously as well if you have those conversations because you know, if you are mm -hmm. in your business and you sort of say yes without questioning anything, it it just shows if anything, how new you are to the business, which isn't a bad thing. Absolutely. But if you do back yourself, like you say, people, it's like, you know, we talk all the time about making yourself seem like the most experienced printer in the room. Just by having that attitude and having those conversations makes you the most experienced printer. And from a starting out point of view with the sampling thing, Andy and I talk all the time about having almost like a sample kit that you print up and you take with you, but it's the one kit that you've made up, which has... It might be your branding. It might be a random design that you like, but it's not specific to where you're going. Like eventually, if you get to the point where, you know, you have surplus stock and you can order one sheet of Ultra Color Max DTF transfers and print up something for a bigger client, then that's fine. But for starting out, 
just you know do your one sheet of transfers print up a range of garments like a t-shirt a hoodie a jacket a bag you know whatever it may be have a variety of options and take it with you but then bring it back again so then that is like your presentation as such but it doesn't you know you don't lose money on it in a way because if you get two or three or four jobs off of that that easily pays more than what you spent on that kit and then it allows you to make custom kits for bigger customers but providing you're not losing out money on them so yeah it's a fine line between sort of doing too much to secure the business and knowing when to go no hang on a minute that's not quite worth my time and money just yet that's it exactly right well, I think that's a good a good note to end it on. I think we've covered a decent amount of stuff for people that are considering starting um, a printing or a clothing brand next year. Um, if anyone does have any questions for uh, either Styles UK or for Ben over at Velflex, then feel free to leave them in the comment section below. Um, I do also want to give your Bellflex YouTube channel a bit of a plug while we're here because you've been outputting some great videos recently all about the heat presses, about pressure. You know, there's a lot of technicality stuff that would be really beneficial for anyone using a heat press. So I would highly recommend checking that out. I'll leave links to everything Bellflex related in the description so you can go and find it. Um, any parting words, Ben? Any final words for our viewers? No, not at all. Molly, thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, I love this space. I love the industry and it's an exciting one right now. There's so much opportunity for for people to get into garment decoration, apparel, printing, right? And, and so many spaces as well. Like, you know, there's the gym space, the fitness space, um, the, you know, uniforms, the whole way from fashion, but like, you know, the, the full range and gamut there's so much opportunity out there and so accessible for people to be able to be creative and create their own space and an offering. It's it's awesome. I've enjoyed it. Like I'm 18 years in and just as excited as I was 18 years ago, if not more excited now than ever before. Um, and I know the, you know, what you guys experience over in the UK, it's so similar to us in Australia. Like it, it's it's there's so many parallels that sort of thing so um yeah it's exciting space i love it and i wish everybody the best in within their business um i I wish them all the growth uh happy 2023 and we're excited about where 2024 is going amazing and this definitely won't be the only time that we have you on the podcast we'll definitely be getting you back on next year um perhaps we can follow up with a few people that maybe listen to this podcast and did start their business that would be really awesome absolutely Um, But until then, thank you very much to everyone for watching and listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe whichever platform you are viewing on. And we'll be back next Monday with another Garment Decorators podcast.